0: Receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast, still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi there, listeners or listeners, whatever you are. Hi there from to India, the Russian Federation. Wow, uh, I get like I'm not, I'm getting I don't know how many uh, listeners from the Russian Federation. I guess it maybe a hundred or so listeners a week. I uh, I hope they're doing well. It's kind of a dangerous place to be listening. No, not really. Not as bad as Iran. We had listeners in Iran, guys. So. Uh, what the fuck? Well, it is episode three forty four. What do they call this one? Oh, a, an appropriately named business. Well, we here in the Keys just went through especially the upper Keys. Uh, um, it was supposed to be a tropical depression. I've been here. It's going on. It'll be the fourteenth year in a couple months. And I'm, you know, people grow up here and spent their whole lives here and stuff like that. But I've noticed that uh, we get tons of uh, tropical storms form, and a lot of people don't react to it the same way other people do. And Ada, you know, the the tropical storms and hurricanes and systems now are on the Greek alphabet. Now, Theta is forming out in the middle of the Atlantic, but it's supposed to go towards Portugal. So, that's one good thing. Um, so, we go through the system and what happens. You start seeing it form. They start sending the tracks. This one, Ada formed uh, north of the, uh, in the uh, southern Caribbean and it went over the Yucatan and then turned towards us. And Originally, it was just supposed to be a tropical storm. It it ended up being a a Category 1 hurricane, which isn't enough for people around here, but it is enough to put up... When when it turns into a hurricane, most people put up their hurricane shutters. Uh, But it was... People were doubting... what There's a reaction or something about fucking storms that people have here. Some people over estimate what the damage is and a lot of people a lot of people underestimated and there was people I spoke to at my place of business bar I work at and I asked them what they're going to be doing they said oh, we're no, we don't do anything like that we don't worry about putting up our storm uh, what do you call it? the shutters for it until you know right before well, when that starts going, there's like, you don't want to be struggling with the, I have the old style, style, uh, storm shutters. You got to put them in, you, you they slide in underneath a, a bracket and then they are bolted in on the bottom. So what I did is I covered up my biggest windows thinking it could get worse and it ended up getting worse. Ended up getting guests, guests of 75, 80 miles per hour coming through, which and it doesn't sound crazy, but we had a shitload of trees down. Yeah, I spent today, I worked a double yesterday. And so, the. I guess it ended around 3 in the morning on Monday. And I did a little clean up in front of my house before I went into work and worked 10 hours. Interesting thing. A lot of people, when you're going through a hurricane, I, I did a recording on my alternate channel. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll download a se- uh, section of it. I'll put it into my sound effects here section. Now nah, maybe not, but the interesting thing about it you you start seeing what I guess you start seeing the hurricane system or the, the storm system coming, and uh, you're just watching it. And as you're watching it, especially on the local channels here, you can kinda you see the bands come in, the bands of winds and rain, and we had a lot of rain and a lot of wind, you just see it, it's just whipping around. And the if you're fortunate, you don't have to worry about anything hitting your house, but you do hear all around you these trees. You hear them cracking. It sounds like the beginning of a a bolt of lightning, it is crack, and you expect to hear the boom afterwards. But it's just the cracking of trees, you hear them. Uh, the trees that didn't get taken out for Irma, which I, you know, it's really interesting. We lost, um, I guess, what was the, we lost a little more trees this time than we did for Irma in this specific area, even though Irma had to be a lot worse. But what happened with Irma, the wind kicked up so fast and hard it stripped all the trees of their leaves. And I guess you didn't get that kind of without having all the leaves on the tree. The wind's blowing through the uh, the limbs without having the extra force being held back for the, the, the leaves adding force to the tree. So they didn't break as much. But so many broke because it was just a sustained Long wind and there's some probably a uh, couple tornadoes <laughs> touching down and things like that. But through the night, you just hear that wind blowing and you are just hoping. You know, people went to the supermarket the day the day of, of its approach on Sunday. They were closing the um, supermarket local uh, supermarket four o'clock in the afternoon and. Everything's cleared out. All the meats, which I don't understand, meats not really a good thing to have for a hurricane. is protein because if you lose electricity, then you have a perishable, more perishable items. But there was a lot of the bottled water went. You see, tons of people getting bottled water and shit like that. But yeah, it was only even you know with the underestimate of the wind we thought it was going to be like 60 to 65 mile per hour winds the highest it ended up being 80 miles per hour wind. Um, you can hear glass breaking and things like that but I don't know how long we'd be remained separated after something like that so you come and there's uh, yeah, you experience this in a lot of different places but uh, they had the, the news reporters coming looking for the most damage and the damage you see—they—they they saw a billboard, but there's people that lost portions of their houses when trees come down on there and stuff like that. It's not the only one. There's one—one <coughs> of, one of my friends lost their front patio, enclosed patio was just taken away. Um, all sorts of things. Some—you know—some people have trees fall in their houses and stuff like that. A little rough. So we wake up the next day, we can clean up, you hear a bunch of chainsaws going. You can tell the power is out uh, on different blocks because you can hear generators going. This time on Irma, we had lost power for approximately one week. And the funny thing about it, it could have been restored earlier, but what happened is they didn't realize they had to reset the breaker on a transformer that's right near the house here that controlled uh, around eight houses on my block. So they kept on saying it was taken care of when they just, uh, I think some tree uh, trimmer reset it for us. Which they didn't like, but what are you going to do? So, it's right after they close everything. The day before, they close all the schools, they close all the all the government buildings and things like that and it's all so the next day monday it opens up starts opening up i go to work we don't have all the workers yet but we we ended up opening on time our kitchen opened a little later and we thought oh we're gonna have a decent amount of business oh my god it was so busy all day and some people come in, some people talk about their cleanup, coming in for cleanup and all that stuff. But all day, it's just going, going, going. And then you had the people that, the local people that lost power, they're coming in for the food order and takeout and stuff like that. But they were pretty quick getting the power back on down here. I don't think anybody, uh, there's probably no one left today without power in the, in the Florida Keys. We're very fortunate to have a great, uh, you yeah. know, that's all I have to say with that. But you no, know, they're very practiced in the way that they get everything back up. But we had all these people come in. And a lot of restaurants didn't open up yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't that much of a damage, but they, a lot of people didn't work. Uh, they couldn't get people to come in. You, you know, they said they had damage. I guess it's an excuse. People don't like to work on Mondays anyway in the restaurant business. Because it's traditionally Mondays are traditionally a slow time of uh, for working. It's not a big day. So here we go working, and we were—it was like a weekend for me. And I was—we were understaffed, and we're doing it. We did a pretty good job. It was a long day. So that was Ada. Uh, it's November. It's uh, what's it—the ninth or the tenth? It's the tenth. It's November tenth. But they say it goes till November thirtieth. And I'm thinking it's a possibility. it Could be another one, but. I don't think it's going to come near us. So, watching the news, I told you I wouldn't do the uh, for the podcast that I would not comment on the election, but I am commenting on somebody's reactions. And and I'm not giving you an editorial thing or whatever. Well, there is a little editorial comment there. Right after the election, day after they called it uh, presidential. Advisor and private lawyer Rudolph Rudy Giuliani, as they have a news conference in Pennsylvania at the the Four Seasons. At least they thought they were going to be at the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons they knew, but it was the Four Seasons Landscaping Company on State Road near Cotton Avenue and Route 73. Cotman Avenue, Route 73, in northeast Philadelphia. Uh, Mayfair, Tacony. I'm not sure. Tacony could be on the south side, and Mayfair's on the... So, yeah, I would call it Mayfair. The reason I know that is I'm from Philadelphia. As many listeners know, I am from Philadelphia. And I didn't recognize the name Four Seasons Landscaping. Obviously the people that organized the press conference didn't know this too. Until I heard later some people said it's next to a dildo shop. And then they started talking about it. And they said the name of it, which is Fantasy Island. I'm going to give you them free advertisement on the show Fantasy Island. And I've been there before. The reason is I used to live and I'm trying to to approximate the this correctly but about 250 yards from that place now the reason why I can't say I didn't look at it exactly out my window is that I lived at a loft apartment on Cotton Avenue it was, it was hard up against Cotton Avenue it was an old old warehouse used to handle you know used to Handle tires in there or something like that. I don't even know if they manufactured or something like that or just stored them there. And it was on one side of the railroad tracks. It was the main railroad tracks, the Northeast Cor- Corridor railroad tracks was the warehouse. On the other side, as you go through down that street, Cotton Avenue, the next street down from where I lived was State Road. And if you made a left, there it was. Now, my uh, familiarity did this. I have two things. I I sold insurance for a little while um, for a company to provide gap insurance for health care when I was in Philadelphia. And right across the street was the Delaware Valley Crematorium Society. It was just a cremation. And this is an industrial area. So I guess, you know, you know where they have all the chemical companies and stuff like that. That's who's going to complain that you're, you're uh, cremating people in that area. Yeah, it was 250 uh, feet away from that. But you know the way crema- uh, crematoriums work, you don't really. I don't. I don't know. I've never really noticed that. But there was a lot of other things going on down there, and uh, so it was right across the street from where this fantasy uh, four season landscape and then you had the fantasy island adult bookstore which I'll get into that in a moment too and uh, when I f- in 2000 in, in the year 2000 a couple months before I got married my ex-wife's best friend were' all in a car together and we were at we were out at a bar or something like that and they thought it would be funny to go, um, her best friend w- w- with my uh, future ex-wife at the time, we're all riding in a car and they decided to pull in the parking lot they said Look, Jim, let's go in because I don't know, we were talking about dildos or something like that and she takes me in and she just wants to th- take me up to the uh, gay porn section and there she goes. She takes me. I walk in. I am not comfortable walking because it's an old style place. An old style, because they have the they have the video viewing areas in the back. I guess yeah, it was it was crea- it was it was founded in 1978. So that's they still had those. But it sold a lot of, uh, I guess DVDs. Who the hell? I mean, who the hell is writing? V- uh, uh, and who wants to handle that stuff anymore? Who wants to handle stuff that's, you know, renting? Like you, I mean, do they... I think it says renting on there. I put it, a picture of it on for the cover story of the show, but who really wants to handle a rental item of a... I mean, you've got to really wash that down because you think people that get that kind of stuff on a regular basis do, you know, they, they have things on their hands that you really don't want to touch. So, Fantasy Island, though I thought that was appropriate. No one really, no one really approached that. Rudy uh, approached or, or stated the idea that Rudy Giuliani is stating a conspiracy theory that's being cited now. That a lot of conservative commentators are suggesting. Some of them came out with, and now other ones are poo pooing that there wasn't enough fraud going on and stuff like that. Whatever whatever you want to call it, but th- it was next to Fantasy Island Adult Bookstore that they held a press conference espousing a a theory they had for why their guy lost. And it was it just warmed my heart that there it was, right, I mean, right there, right next to where I used to, hang out. And there was a ni- there's a nice bar there called Flukes. I don't know if it's still open. I think it still is open. It was a good good bar right there. And uh, I know it sounds kind of weird. And right down the street if you're familiar with it, there's another place called Goldberg uh, Candies. It was peanut juice. It's a uh, Goldberg. It was uh, chocolate caramel peanut peanuts. Um, yeah, you say, hey, that's a stickers bar. No, there was, I don't think there was any, there's no nougat in it. Goldberg, Goldberg shoes. They, you know, it's kind of, it didn't have any flashy wrappers on it stuff, but it's just little, literally, literally less than a quarter mile away. And then if you go a little further, a couple hundred, um, half a mile down north on this street road, there's uh, three, two or three prisons. There's one. It's all pink, which I thought was interesting. Pink, pink on the outside with the razor wire, the double fencing and stuff like that. And then you have. You have two different facilities. My father used to work at one, teaching life skills to the inmates when he worked for the Philadelphia prison systems. And uh, I'd like to, you know, sometime I got to bring my dad in on this show, and he could talk about it. So, yeah, that w- that was my connection. I figure I had to, t- I'd have to talk about it. And uh, all of a sudden, the new thing, I think, a lot of people that are. Uh, disenchanted with what happened during the election and lose they have to they're all leaving Facebook and Twitter on mass and they're going to um, alternative social media and uh, they're saying I'm going to so and so so they're talking to their people and they're not talking there's they're going to be talking to each other so it's like going I guess it's kind of like going to church so that's That's pretty much it. So we got the Fantasy Island uh, adult bookstore moment. And it's a big item. And they interviewed the guy who owns it now. His family had it. And he he was talking about how when that happened, he goes, what the hell is going on? They're looking out. There's a bunch of police going on. They've seen a bunch uh, coming out. And they've seen some security. And then they see Rudy Giuliani. And then they see press. Tons of press coming out. He goes, why in the hell would they have a press conference there? And he looked about, he looked over, and he says, "Oh, that's the Four Seasons." And he, the first thing he thought was, "Oh, I bet they made a mistake." So the guy, the, guy, the proprietor of Fantasy Island, figure, made a mistake, and now he's also thought he goes, "This is great." He was, you know, all gung ho for the interview and stuff like that. Owen Slate. That's the name of the, uh, the where I got some of the story from. Uh, he he says you can't pay for this type of advertising; you're not going to get it. And uh, he's and he says there's a, he's already seeing an uptick in, in business, which for a brick and mortar place that's got to be really you know nice nice thing, especially since COVID nineteen because there's so many things people got to worry about, you know think about germs and all that stuff and they have a double thing I guess at one of those places that have uh, the peep it's not peep show because the peep show you got to have someone in it but they do have the little video things I guess they have where people go in and if you're going to a place to have a private viewing to watch some porn they're going to be masturbating or jerking off so that's got to be pretty pretty disgusting so I'm just I don't know why I threw that in there I shouldn't say it but um, the the couple days we had since the hurricane and all that we had uh, the wife and I sitting home we were trying to get a uh, we, we you know today I think we've watched a total of I'm off today I've watched a total of like 15 20 minutes of TV that was it because I had a lot of cleanup and I'm doing a podcast so I was watching before the the day was it the day of or the night before we were watching this movie with Hannah Reeves called Knock Knock and it's as if the guy had no training to act whatsoever or never acted in his life it was amazing just simply amazing it's such a horrible, horrible movie. Great scene with the two young women when when they're coaxing them. But right after the first 15 minutes into the film, that was it. There was nothing interesting. It was like horrible. It's like any porn movie that you've seen. And you, you think about all the movies that are made. How many... The lion's share of movies that are made, I'd have to say, are mediocre to horrible. Probably below that, just as horrible. There's a deathbed. That's Patton Oswalt. One he brings up as a deathbed, the bed that kills people. That was a movie. But people go out of their way to create these things. Think of all the songs, horrible songs you've seen, horrible singing, singing, horrible, horrible musicians, horrible podcasters. That's me. Uh, horrible books, horrible. Stories you've read. Uh, what? What makes people think? What is art? You know, think about it. What is art? Well, how is art? You you see a Jackson Pollock painting, and I think Jackson Pollock passed away, but he. It's it's just it's. Uh, It's abstract to the extreme. It's just a bunch of script. It looks like the bottom, whenever you see a painting, when people are painting and they use a drop cloth, it just looks, sometimes it looks like a drop cloth for a house painter. And people pay a million dollars for it. And, and then there's performance art. There was the guy who, uh, you know, you just see anything. You see, uh, who's a guy who was look like he was an Andy Warhol when he just painted a can of the, toma- uh, a Campbell's tomato soup can. And I mentioned this previously on a, another podcast, but that's art that kitschy or something like that. That's what people call the art community. And I started thinking, what is art? Think about what is art? What is your definition of art? And I, I do a little research and I start, you know, I look at the definitions and things and then I look at some of the things that they say and I, I realize that for years, 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 thousands and thousands of years, there's there's a cave paintings in Lascaux, Lusco, uh, something like that, France, from 20,000 years ago. There are uh, carvings that are There's a a carving of a a woman that's about 40,000 years old. They found uh, talons from eagles that were shaped and and it looks like it was made into a necklace. Seashells and things like that. For years people were doing that, adorning themselves. And years, years, thousands of years. You know, all the hieroglyphics, things like that. People do with the cave paintings, all those things. And what what's the basis for it? So the definition of art is an activity involving the creation of visual, auditory, or performing artifact which express the creator's imagination, conceptual ideas, technical skill intended to be appreciated for their beauty, or their emotional power that they elicit. So you have painting, sculpture, architecture, music, theater, film, dance, literature, other media, which includes podcasts, you know, graphic novels, which is painting, I think, if you think of it that way. Almost anything could be art. So, it's a creative skill And with a creative skill, um, a creative skill, because bricklaying is a creative skill, you have to be, I mean, it's a a craft, but it's creative. Painters do it, plumbers, electricians, carpenters, almost anybody has a, a cook. Cooking is an art form speaking is an art form comedy uh, all sorts of things so you have the process of using it, uh, a creative skill and then you have the process of uh, that, that's that which is art the process of using that skill and then you have the, the product the process of uh, the product of creative skill and then you have the Audience or people experience that result in creative skill. Now, science for you know, you think of science, science is a domain of knowledge in which you can express and display and prove. And then art is just artistic expression, and you're just trying to elicit a response, whether it's a high response with this um, you know love admiration things like that think of the Sistine Chapel or the minarets of a mosque or any any anything really like a Buddhist temple these are all expressing bigger ideas and they use license artistic art, artistic license to approach that, to celebrate that. I guess that's the idea. Otherwise, we just create a box. Because why are churches and places of worship a lot of times just an expression of someone's feelings for the spiritual, the divine? And what's the difference between that, between like commercial or practical craft? Meaning once you, you, you build a building, you know, sometimes it's utilitarian when you think about it. You think about this big projects in New York or the big cities or something like that. There's concrete boxes. And then you have something beautiful like the Flatiron Building in New York or the Getty Museum. Trans America building in San Francisco, the tall pyramid. What how, how how do we define those things? What is who's the authority that says this is just shit? And I used to say, What if you know they they, they there's art forms out there where people use human feces, your blood, the urine, the to create things as I saw a picture of a cat that uses cat urine and feces to make that I saw one made uh, a painting made with flies all these things and art from is the judgment that its art is done by the people that are the critiques of it and one it seems that once someone is considered an artist. The license they have, the amount of variability they can do, to express themselves is so much greater. I mentioned Jackson Pollock. Originally, Jackson Pollock, you could discern real shapes in there. They did one; he did one painting called the She Wolf, and you can actually see some kind of abstract animal there, kind of si- similar to Picasso. His uh, his time. Well I mean there was all movements for, for this stuff but think of arts art um, because if you were just a paint. originally the Renaissance painters used they tried to get as whatever their impression was of that person and was Goya, Goya the Spanish painter did these paintings a lot of religious ones but they look uh, modernist but it was done during the middle ages and these elongated figures and they're not one of those archaic ones when I'm talking about these old painting styles that are flat and so, you all know, very one dimensional where they don't express depth so we've come down to this now where uh, in music Think, uh, consider what is original and what is sampling and what is derivative and what, what is art? You have. Let's see, pick someone who's really good. Like what a couple days ago, I did the music of um, Aaron Copeland. the great uh, uh, writer, music um, writer and conductor. Um, but he's a he's a creative musician. And then you also have the Hansons. Is that art? No. Then you have someone like Banksy. If you're not familiar with some Banksy uh, is kind of like the protest, but not exactly, almost like graffiti artist, but he's not. And the big thing was a couple of years ago, he had a painting, a famous painting called A Little Girl with a Balloon. And it was auctioned off at I think Sotheby's in London but I remember distinctly and I did do a review of this that they sold it for a little over a million pounds and just as the gentleman was hitting his gavel saying sold they heard a little click 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 that we talked about it It was a year ago maybe two years ago and all of a sudden you see they have the painting on display and there's about there's over 100 people in the room, and you know, it, I imagine it's all types of people in the art world, and they're watching, and they look at the painting, and all of a sudden they start seeing the painting being going down through the frame, and a shredder is shredding it. You see the pieces of the um, painting coming out at the end, little strips, got shredded right before their eyes, and I was looking at the faces of people. You can see the gentleman who was running the auction. He was shocked. And there were other people kind of shocked. Not dramatically, though. But they kind of knew something was going on. When I say, obviously, there's something going on. There's a painting that's going through its frame, just dropping down through its frame. And you hear an a, a electrical motor running. And then strips coming out of it. And then you see this woman smiling while it's happening. And you see these other people, and they're experiencing it all at the same time. And the guy who bought the painting, or woman, they just laid out a million pounds. And they still, I think they still own it. I mean, that, that was a crime almost. But according to the artist, the artist did not want it sold at auction. So, that's the story and he released a video showing how Banksy never shows his face he's always wearing a hoodie and stuff like that does a video of him putting a motor inside the big frame with the shredding apparatus underneath it and he ran tests and he said the whole painting was going to drop through and do it what happened, it's only half the painting went through and as it turns out the act of shredding the painting increased the value so the person who bought it Uh, Didn't even have to wait for the uh, artist to pass away. That that the act of destruction became a part of the artistic expression. Now, the number one person I want to talk about is uh, Marina Abramovic. She's a Serbian uh, national. She's around seventy years old, or like just then. Very attractive woman, brunette, and. Her, uh, she's a performance artist and she's been doing it for over 40 years. And she and her boyfriend, uh, I'll tell you some of things, they used to do uh, they used to ride around in a van all over Europe and probably the United States. but they used to do things like run into each other full speed, scream at each other, do all sorts of shit. When in 1988, when they broke up, they both started at one end of the Great Wall of China, and they both walk, walked 2,500 kilometers, which is, God, let me see, about 1,600, maybe 1,500 miles, 1, 16, 1,500 miles across the Great Wall of China to meet in the middle. And it took them months. They said it took them months. And when they got them uh, together, they they broke up. And that was her intention. But she also did one in Belgrade, uh, Serbia. I was going to say Yugoslavia, but it was in Yugoslavia when she did, where she laid out, she was sitting at, at a chair, and this is what she does in a, in a, in a museum. And they invite people, people pay for interest, or something. and on a table next to the chair was all these implements. Of there was a, a feather a ruler a stick all these things pens markers a gun with bullets in it and and uh, a knife or knives and she got I think someone cut her but she was she was fully expecting she said that she was she fully expected to die and I said wow mm. I mean you ever hear the question would you die for your art well It looks like at least she purports to have done that. But her most famous thing she did, the most famous thing currently, is she went to the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And for three months, eight hours a day, she sat in a chair and people would come in. And they sit. And I don't know what amount of time. I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't do the research. But she she was in the chair for eight hours, for three months. And uh, you know she'd get up and she'd wear, whatever. I think it was a black dress or something like that. And she's a an attractive woman. There's no problem in there. And and actually, the pe- the people that would come to see her would sit in the opposite chair, within you know a couple of feet of her. And just sit and look at it. And some people would laugh, cry, do all sorts of things. And eventually, he brought the boyfriend that they broke, they broke up with. She broke up with on the Great Wall of China, and he sat down. And she actually grabbed his hand, breaking the the, the one of her rules. But I think that was it. And they had some, I think, who who said some famous people. James Franco was there. He sat in the chair, and she actually did it. They did they um, shed a hole in the bottom of the chair so she wouldn't have to get up in order to have to pee that would break it but she so what artistic expression so if someone almost anything if it elicits, elicits emotional response from someone it's put it out there to elicit an emotional response then an argument or a statement that makes someone angry is art Fox News could be art when people get angry. You know? Just this is what they do conspiracy theories that catch people and do these things. Q Anon could be art. Okay? Art is not just the purview of people who are left wing or, or progressive. You could be right of center. And there's art. So, where where do we draw the line? What is art? There's good art. There's bad art. Special. Uh, th- think about the the movies and stuff like all the horrible movies. I, I I have a hard time trying to remember some of them. I I mentioned we mentioned Heaven's Gate, Waterworld, things like that. There's a movie. There's a a documentary called the. I think it's the making of a flop. The making of a flop. Where people in the movie business talk about, this is what we thought we were going to do. This was our intention when we were going to make this movie. And what went into making a horrible movie. I thought it was fascinating. Because people's intention at the whole time when they're creating something. The lady that in, was it Spain? I think it was Spain or Italy, and it was a medieval fresco, I think, a mural on a church wall, and it was called Echo Humana, I think, the Jesus, it was a picture of Jesus, and it was faded, faded badly from the years to paint, and they were going to bring in someone to restore it, and their intention was to restore it. And there was this woman who decided to, uh, she was, I don't know if she was a parishioner or not, but what happened, she took it on herself to restore the painting. And the way she did it, it made it look like Jesus came out looking like a monkey. And um, they changed the name to it. It's becoming Monkey. But that even, that act of anti Destroying art became enshrined in art because they made a movie about it. Just seeing people's reaction to it. Uh, there's the movie Frida, who is that Salma Hayek, famous? Uh, I think Mexican artist. Don't I? You know, I didn't do any research on that one. That, that the story of artists and the story of art and going to school and what is art and what do, people have a tendency that may not feel creative or haven't, doesn't see the things they do as creative in art have a tendency to poo-poo those things I can't sing so I don't like you know what I mean you, they may not want to hear someone sing or I can't paint. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You know. This is. That's. the modern art. That's just a bunch of. Splotches of color. Uh, that sculpture. Piece of shit. You know. But if it means something to somebody. It's art. It's just like. It, it, it's just like. Let me put it. The metaphor to you. As a professional athlete. When. A Rod got a 250 million dollar contract. People say there's no one worth 250 million dollars. Well, yeah, there are people worth it because you get it if you if you go in negotiating table and you say I'm worth this much, someone's <laughs> going to come and say you either are or you're not, and obviously A Rod was. So that's the same thing with a painting. People come up with the idea that this painting is worth $140 million. I don't know what the highest uh, cost of painting right, um, that ever went for, but uh, it could be a Pollock, it could be an Andrew Wyatt, it could be uh, Da Vinci, Monet. They, it's just that's what the era, mm-hmm. Nick Cave he's a singer horrible voice it's a big hit in, uh, and we talked about it on a previous show once again guy wrote murder ballads guy's famous for that, he has a voice, he has a very rough voice not really melodic, not really smooth, nothing I don't think he ever had it just think about it, think of David Byrne from The Talking Heads he has a new show coming out and he's doing things like stomping, almost like rent or stomp or whatever. It just brings people on stage and do it. People love it. Hamilton. People don't get Hamilton. I get it. I thought it was great. So art does not have to be appreciated by everyone. It just has to be appreciated by enough people. Yeah, it could be ridiculous. But think that the Kardashians are famous. She had a, well, I mean, think, what's her name? I can't even recall her name right now. One of the Kardashian, Whatever her name is. The, the head Kardashian, the daughter. The one that had the sex tapes and stuff like that. If she could put out a clothing line or a thing like that, that's her art, her, her business. Kanye, her husband. All right someone maybe not to me well it doesn't and if it elicits a response of disgust or you know I just really couldn't care less then what's the big deal art is art so Keanu Reeves I swear to God I don't know how he I've seen him I, I don't get it I just don't get it sometimes I've seen him in his voice In Speed, maybe. My Private Idaho. Parenthood. But, uh... I I don't get Keanu Reeves being a star. But God bless him. There's people that love his movies. They love The Matrix. And John Wick. And things like that. But if you could just see him being seduced by these two young girls in Knock Knock and he's trying to be this upright guy and his response is I'm an architect I'm an architect and the way he said it I don't even think he said it he said it I wasn't too sure of it himself so if people can appreciate and like the movie so be it I mean, these people that go to Dollywood and Branson and all that stuff, and they love that stuff. You can't account for people's taste. It's just the way it is. And when I say you can't account for people's taste, it's hard for you to appreciate what they see. I'm not saying. My grandmother used to watch Lawrence Welk every week. Lawrence Welk. If you look up Lawrence Welk, if you want to really know who's his show, it was this guy... He had an accent, but I don't. Th- I think he was born in the United States. But he sounded like he, was, he had a Swedish accent. He, he sounded like it was Lawrence Welk. He was born in the United States. And he used to have these singers come on. And it was, oh, God. Maybe have someone do a little tap dance and do this variety show. And they made fun of it kind of on Saturday Night Live. They used to do a bit with uh, Kristen Wiig. And she had a tiny hands and a big forehead and all that stuff. And they'd come out with the singers. And this guy, would, they would do a duet. and It was just three sisters or four sisters. And she'd be the one coming out who was a little off. But I'm talking about the Lawrence Welch show. Go back to that. I used to sit there. I couldn't understand why my grandmother would watch that. Or Hee Haw. Or music. Music genres. I don't get. I get some country music. I don't get all of it. I don't get how people really love that sometimes. But then again, I like classical. I like rock. I like some rap. I like some reggae. Oh, God. I like a lot of different stuff. For some reason, I can't. There's there's some people who go and see all their concerts, country country stores. But if you put on a typical country station, that is that's not my cup of tea. So... Art can be appreciated by different people and still be art. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not. So listen, if you like the show and uh, you want to share with your friends, please do. If you have any questions or anything like that, please uh, send me an email at jim at keysbartender.com. That's jim at com. I'd like to thank you for listening. Please share this with a friend. Leave a comment download all the shows if you want. If you have any suggestions for a topic, if you want to know something about the keys, I'll be happy to talk about it. I'll answer any requests. I'll save it for our If you send me a question by email, I will answer it. And I'd like to thank you guys uh, all over the world and local. I'm in Virginia, Washington, Virginia, Washington, D.C., L.A. Who's in L.A. listening? I don't know. But I do appreciate it, and I'd like to thank you. Until next time, I'll probably do a show tomorrow or Thursday. Until now, goodbye. Here's here's my art.